Over the last 20 years working in restaurants, I met a lot of really interesting people. Uh, Bourdain called us pirates and misfits, and he couldn't be more right. Um, we really were, um, I say were, we are a hodgepodge of cultures and backgrounds, and we get to play with food all day, and we get to make a living doing that, and it's pretty damn awesome. This is what Inside the Pressure Cooker is all about. It's about making some new friends and sharing some stories with some old friends. And listen, we all know that life inside a kitchen is not for everyone. We've seen plenty of people come and go that thought they could hack it, and they couldn't. Um, it really does take a special someone not only to survive, but to really thrive in an environment of just what feels like complete fucking chaos but it's pretty damn controlled. And then just the constant pressure and the stupid hours you put in, not to mention it can be a very thankless job. Before you know it, it's all in your blood and it's the only thing you know and you need more. It's an addiction. This is the bond that all line cooks and chefs share. Um, it's becoming the heartbeat of the kitchen, as cliche as that fucking sounds, but it's in our blood which means it's fucking pulsing through our veins, and it's what we live for. This is Chad Kelly, and I've been slinging pans for over 25 years. And in that time, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of many successful kitchen teams, many of which I had the privilege of leading. And during those final few years of my career, I found that my passion was not only just in cooking, but it was the people. And it was mentoring the next generation of chefs. Hey, quick interruption before we jump on to the rest of this. Two things. First, there's a link in the, in the show notes that, well, it's not really a link. It's my email. Please, I want to hear some feedback from y'all. What do you love? What do you not love? Um, this is how I learn. And the second part, I've set up a Patreon account for this podcast. Uh, the link is also in the show notes below. Please, if you're able to, we would love any contribution you're able to support us with. We all have costs that we need to try to cover with this show, and any support would be greatly, greatly appreciated. This was kind of a, a funny question I asked you. I said, you know, so you've been in Denton for a while. You've been down in Dallas for a while. Uh, you've been out there studying some food. You're, you're been to a couple of restaurants, um, working, I should say. And so I was curious, like, what do you see is overplayed? And your answer was food served on planks. Yes. Food on served on wood is so over overrated. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Wood's disgusting. You can't get it clean. Is this based on your history at a restaurant that served a lot of food on wood boards? Yeah. And it's not, it's been every restaurant I've worked at. Oh, really? From the one I, yeah, they did it at the hotel and they do it here too. At my current place. Why, why do they, why do you think everybody's putting uh, food on the boards? I feel like it's good for color contrasting, but you can make a plate any color, you know? And you can clean a plate properly or a piece of ceramic or glass or whatever, you know? With those boards, people are cutting into it and food's getting down on those cracks. You can't do anything to clean that. Yeah, no, there's certain food I, I didn't mind putting onto a board, but when it came to the point where someone was going to need a knife uh, to cut, I was just adamant about putting it onto a plate just for that reason. Um, 
but I always lost that battle. So always, I get it. Um, the other part too is like serving steaks on a board, which you know, if the steak didn't have time to rest, once you start cutting into it, or if you've got a sauce, like that shit's just running everywhere. For sure. So. Hmm. At the at the at the hotel, we had a big old uh, like forty eight ounce ribeye, and it came with a, with a pois, and you would pour that on there, and it just got all over everything, dude. Because there's nothing to catch the sauce. <laughs> Did they do that at the table? It was in a ramek, and the table would do it to themselves. You know. Well, why would you put the sauce for the steak on the side? I mean. Well, I mean, it I was guess, dumb. but it's because we did it on a board. If we did it on a plate, we could have poured it on there, you know. That's what I'm saying. Death the damn boards. I hate them. Huh? Yeah, and it just and, kind of and it's oh, go ahead. And it's killing all the trees. <laughs> I, I don't think that the boards are killing the trees. <laughs> but it's probably the paper. Yeah, that's that's fair. No, uh, oh, actually, a lot of the boards um, were made from uh, fallen timber. Uh, okay, or just older, like the boards that we were using um, were just fallen oaks and uh, pecan that are just prominent in this area. <clears throat> well, that's cool. At least we're recycling, I guess. Yeah, um, huh, that's interesting, though. Would you consider yourself an environmentalist? Uh, as much as I can be, you know. I still indulge in stuff that I can't recycle, but I do my best to recycle and compost. Compost? Do you compost at home? I've been trying to during the summer, yes. For my, uh, I've been starting doing a little garden. Got a lot of plants around the house, so, you know, I okay. do what I can. What do you have in your garden? Uh, this year I did peppers and squash and zucchini. Uh, I did some herbs like dill and tarragon and mint. That was pretty much it. Okay. You going to expand that at all? Was that all indoors yeah. or was it outdoors? It was outdoor. Okay. The summer heat killed it, but I had a good spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was, I was wondering about all that. Interesting. I never uh, thought of you as the gardener. I, I, I evolved, you know. Oh, absolutely. After, we all have. After working in Dallas, I started to appreciate food a lot more. Or I guess I would say after after COVID. It really made me respect what I did because I didn't cook over the pandemic. Or half of it I did not. Right. I mean, so what did you do during the pandemic? I was stocking shelves at a grocery store. And then I ended up working at a food truck later on part-time before I got back on at our place. Okay. So you had the chance, you went and did something else, but yet you came back to the restaurants. Yeah, because stocking shelves is not fun. It's uh, very simple work. Well, even then, like, you know, a, a lot of people um, in COVID were, were laid off and went and found other work. Some enjoyed it, some didn't. Um, but at that, that point, a lot of people took that opportunity to kind of find themselves again. Um, in, mm -hmm. in search after something else, did did you ever feel that, or did you know that you're just you're going to be right back in the restaurants when it when it hit? 
I don't know. Whenever I was stuck in those shelves, all I thought about was cooking. So, like, I never thought about myself doing anything else. No, it's I knew I didn't. I know I didn't want to work in a grocery store. That was awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. I I couldn't do that either. It's just such mundane work. Yeah, just putting stuff, putting boxes on a shelf. You know, people take it real seriously too. But I was like, I'm used to doing so much more. So what do you geek out on now? I mean, you've got, you've really discovered the world, the culinary world, right? Um, and, and you've you've made a, your own path for yourself. You didn't have the traditional background, whatever the hell that traditional schooling meant for some people. Um, and you kind of fell into cooking and then you just knew it was for you and you really missed it during the pandemic and, and you're really pushing yourself to grow and learn now. So what what is it like you geek out on, on the most when it does come to cooking? Uh, I geek out on pasta. Like I love, I, ever since I worked at the hotel, we did a different pasta, uh, quite often. And I just fell in love with it. Like different noodle shapes, different stuffings, different sauces, different pan sauces. It's all so much fun. And I also learned to love seafood. Like we did a different fish every week at, uh, the hotel. We cooked a lot of scallops and mussels and seafood became a big part of what I like to cook too. That's good. Because honestly, seafood is a great one to learn to cook um, and to cook properly. Uh, because as you found out, it's a lot more delicate. Um, it's temperamental. <laughs> temperamental, sure. But I mean, you've got to use a hell of a lot more finesse with a seafood. Uh, with a seafood, wow. You've got to use a lot more finesse with seafood um, than you do with that 64-ounce fucking porterhouse. For sure. So, um, obviously, night and day differences there, but um, but seafood is a good one to learn to learn to work with because yeah, you've got to be quick and you've got to pay attention to it because you, you're right, it's temperamental because you don't have that margin of error that you will with like a steak. And also, you got to know like you got to be able to tell if a mussel's bad or oyster is bad. You know, you could get someone really sick. It takes a lot more handling all around from raw to cooking. Hmm. Yep. And then pairing seafood with um, essentially their garnishes, right? And veg and proteins and all that stuff is a different art and science to itself because you can easily overpower fish um, mm-hmm. if you're not careful with what you're pairing it with. That's cool. I wish we had more seafood in the North Texas area. I understand yeah. why we don't. We're kind of landlocked. I feel like we've, we've done, we got some pretty cool stuff at uh the hotel we had a lot of uh golf caught fish which was kind of cool lots of grouper mm-hmm. lots of uh tile fish we had amberjack all that stuff was pretty cool yeah no there's definitely a lot of fun stuff you can play with out of the gulf uh or the third coast they would also call it yes so based on your experiences what would be the word of advice that you would give to someone walking in the door that was you eight years before uh i would tell them hey you're going to have a lot of fun, but you're also going to have a lot of hardship. But it's going to be worth it because it's going to make you stronger. And, you, and you know, you're going to learn some discipline, which is definitely what I needed whenever I started cooking. How are they going to learn discipline? By getting yelled at. As soon as I asked that question, I was like, I don't know if I want to know the answer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. 
Uh, what books are you reading right now? Uh, I've been reading The Whole Fish and Maddie Matheson's cookbook. All right. And then the, one of the last few questions I ask is outside of a chef's knife, right? You're opening up your toolkit. You bust out your chef knife. Now, everybody has to have a quality chef knife that they're working with. So that's that's kind of taken out of the equation here. What's the next thing out of your kit? I think on my answer, I said shoes. My Birkenstocks. I th- you gotta well, have. You don't good- keep shoes in your kit, bro. But that's it's still a tool. <laughs> it's still a tool, though. Okay, if we're going for tools, I like having <laughs> my own fish spatula. Okay, but I'm going with shoes. Shoes is you gotta have good shoes to work in the kitchen. Your back's gonna kill you if you don't. You said you wear Birks. I do wear Birks. You wear just Birkies. I wear the Super Grip Boston Birks. Yeah, I went through a phase where man, it took me a long time to figure out what kind of shoes worked for me. You know, I did the Birkies, and then I did just other styles of Birk. Birkenstocks before I finally finished, I say finished, but ended on the clogs, Sanita. And there's another proper one. I don't remember. But once you learn to walk in them, man, they saved my knees and my back so much. They were actually pretty damn comfortable shoes. I mean, they're heavy. For um, sure. But I, I hear you, man, because I was having just constant back pains. My knees hurt all the time. And then I I also didn't realize that your knees and your lower back are connected. And so when one hurts, the other one, they, they work, they work together. They go hand in hand, you know? Yeah. I, I was wearing, I was wearing Walmart shoes before I started wearing perks. And whenever I switched over to perks, I was like, wow. What have I been doing for the last fucking six years? I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, it's, you know, I, you're right then, I guess, you know, the next investment out of a chef knife would be shoes. I mean, that that does make a lot of sense. I will give you that one. Yeah, because I went, I went from paying $20 a pair to Berks are 150 but they last you four times longer. Yes. Um, as long as you take care of them. I've seen them. <laughs> oh, they can, they can get haggard for sure. Yeah. Well, that's why I like my Berkies is I, if they just kind of got ugly, I would literally just take out the insoles and run them through the dishwasher. <laughs> nice. That's that's what's up. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just and then I just kind of throw them in the back of the car and they'd be dry the next day. I mean, you're a crazy cat lady. Did we cover that. I am a crazy cat lady. I do love my cats. I guess it's like what the future holds for me. I'm hoping I can get onto this new fine dining spot and work there for I'm hope like about a year. I would like to get out of Texas at some point. Where do you want to go? I think Pacific Northwest, like Colorado, Colorado, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, somewhere up there. You know, Colorado wouldn't exactly be the Northwest, though, right? That's fair. But it's still right there, you know. (laughs) Everything's a lot closer together up there, so it doesn't really matter. Um, You know people out there? I've got a few friends in uh, Colorado. Okay. I say it always helps to kind of know someone wherever you're going to land. For sure. Um, Just so when you get there, you at least got a a place to crash and um, someone to help you kind of that knows what's going on. Um, As I will say, the restaurant is as big of a place it is. It's a very small world. And but each little individual city and state, so to speak, has its own little niches um and when you first get into it you can easily get into the wrong spot just because you don't know for sure 
So yeah, reach out before you move. Um, I know it's not anytime soon, but for, for anybody, just reach out to other people through social media or something like that. And just kind of, Hey, I'm coming. What's, what's the deal. And also if I do end up going out there, I would like to go out there beforehand and, you know, scope out the cooking scene, see what, what's hot and what's not. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad time to stage as well at that point. For sure. Um, that'd be fun, man. Yeah. I've lived in Texas well, my whole life. I've lived in Texas my whole life. So I would like to go somewhere else eventually. No, it's good. I mean, you should travel. Um, and man, talk about you enjoy seafood and some of that stuff. The seafood up in the Northwest is just fucking amazing. Yeah, it's right, uh, right up there next to the Pacific Ocean, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just the Northwest because they get a lot more product out of um, Alaska as well. So Southern California and some of those areas, they do have some pretty good seafood, but it's not as... It's not as just as prominent as it as it is up in the northwest. I I don't know why exactly. So that is strange. I know Seattle has that huge fish market up there. Yeah. Well, Steve, I wish you all the best wherever you go. I mean, you're definitely on the rise. You've got the right mindset and the right work ethic for it. So good luck to you, brother. Thank you, sir. And thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Pressure Cooker. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like you're able to take something away from it, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Um, If you don't use Apple Podcasts, please follow us, as well as share this episode with a friend. This is a publication by Rare Plus Media, hosted and produced by me. From Rare Plus Media and myself, Chad Kelly, thank you for listening. Keep kicking ass.